Second Bananas is recorded on unceded Indigenous land belonging to the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. Unceded means that this land was never surrendered, relinquished, or handed over in any way. We support the various strategies that Indigenous peoples use to protect their land and their communities, and we commit to working in solidarity with them. We acknowledge that as people living and working on these lands, we are accountable to those who have cared for this land since time immemorial. It is our intention to continue learning how to honor this responsibility. whether it's a sex pest or someone who's like emotionally abusive or just someone who's really unpleasant to work for and don't even and like are just like whatever like that stuff becomes so much more manageable when all that other stuff isn't present totally i think i don't know what do i know i i i've i've uh i don't know anything you know some stuff agreed i'm, I'm a guy I'm a guy talking into a headset online. Mr. Know Nothing over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. We started talking not about work, but. Um, yeah. We didn't last very long. Are we, are we, should, we, should we banter <laughs> some more or should we get into the pod? I feel like maybe we should get into the pod. Yeah, I think we can do that. Let's, let's talk about. What's, what are we talking about? Let's talk about. A second banana. Let's give them Welcome. Talk about. We're talking about. Welcome. We're talking about. Welcome everyone to Second Bananas. <laughs> a game show where no. <laughs> I don't know what the, rules the first of second banana. bananas are. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, welcome to Second Bananas. We're a podcast about history's greatest Garfunkels. Um, I think that covers it. Uh, I'm yeah. Joe. Hey, I'm Wes. And I'm Craig. And uh, yeah, today we are going to talk about a, uh, a, one of my very interesting choices. I, I thought this was an interesting choice. This was, uh, this was very, this was this something that caught my interest when I did the Gary Gygax episode. So episode four, I did, uh, not Gary Gygax, I did Dave Arneson, um, right. who was the co-creator of D&D. And I kind of detailed the sort of like, the way the hobby came about and the way it went from sort of this thing that people did in basements to um, like a million dollar industry that collapsed and was just a, a total, like, like it felt like a season of Fargo in a lot of ways. And uh, I just, I was so fascinated. There was so much stuff. That episode was two hours long. Yeah. yeah. Dave, and, Dave, Dave Arson got a raw deal. He did get a raw deal. And the way it happened was fascinating. And even Gary Gygax got kind of screwed. Um, yeah. He I was guess, cut yeah. out of the company by these other guys. Um, but That's there what happens was all when you got a hot property. Fallout. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, there was all this fallout from that. Like, like friendships ended. You know, like people drew sides. And like that's where I kind of found this was I was just kind of looking at other people that I wanted to include in the episode or sort of were really interesting to me, but uh, didn't get to. And one of them was this woman called Jean Wells. Um, apparently there's also a singer named Jean Wells. This is not that Jean Wells. Uh, if you just Google Jean Wells or, um, yeah, Jean Wells D&D &D or uh, the Palace of the Silver Princess, uh, 
uh, so this module has a whole Wired article about it uh, called uh, The Secret History of the Racy Module That Almost Ruined D&D. Nice. And uh, what it was was um, she was also the first woman to author a D&D module by herself. There was like a husband and wife team that had written one before that. But she she was the first one to get sole credit. And um, that's the only module she ever wrote uh because it kind of destroyed her career because it was too perfect it was, it was too <laughs> sexy which is exactly perfect. the same thing the, as perfect the immaculate module she wrote it and it was just so perfect they couldn't write right. modules and D D dungeons and dragons actually ended in 1981 what you're playing is uh, the mm. shadow of the, the psychic shadow of Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> well, created by yeah. the Demiurge. No. Passed uh, into eternity. Like, yeah. It came out at a bad time. It, it did come out at a, that. So um, before we get to that module, I'll just talk a little bit about Gene, who I'm sort of using as a second banana to Gary Gygax again, but I think it's more just like she was a second banana in the sense of um, to all of the uh, men at TSR that worked on Dungeons and Dragons in a way. So um, she was born in 1955 in Jacksonville, Florida. And uh, there's not much about her outside of this, the D and D stuff. It's really like everything I've been able to find about her other than, you know, an obituary here, like a little bit of personal information there. Um, she, she really seemed to want to keep that part of her life separate from, and so what we do know is that she was already into um, medieval history and fantasy. She was part of the society for creative anachronism, which is basically the people that, sounds that like a dope like, society. Well, that's like the, the people that do Ren fairs and like LARPs yeah. and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> they actually go out into the woods and set up a little medieval village and like role play as like, not just medieval. It's like the like goulash stew approach to the past and, and sort of like fantasy right. myth. Like there are like, you know, steampunk fairies there there's like colonial troopers there that like everything's for from sort of like idealized versions of the past or fantasy versions of the past are sort of there i have a quick uh -huh. question joe yeah. does camping count as creative anachronism <laughs> i think it most certainly well, I mean, camping is part of it right like i'm surprised it's also larping yeah it's basically like you know what larping <laughs> is craig i do yes okay. of course i do so, like i'm surprised like have you never like have you never like been, have you ever, have you ever met someone who's like sort of part of this? Cause they usually have a crossover. There's a bit of a, a small crossover with like the burning man crowd and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is. It's like nerd burning man is on a smaller scale is what it right. is. It's like, like these little, <laughs> little festivals Amazing. that they do. And instead of like, like, uh, you know, uh, instead of, uh, doing Molly and like, uh, dancing to, to rave music or whatever, it's like, they drink a bunch of cider and, and they hit each other with like foam and weapons. dance around the flagpole. Yeah. And have a lot of sex. <laughs> nice. No, well, like, I'm pretty sure no sex. Sex, the sex is sex. universal across the, across all, yes, all subsections true. of the culture. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> uh, and sex then, is uh, universal. Yeah. It's just um, it, like, what's, what sort of like the big joke about LARPing is that like, the the drama outside of the game is often more insane than the drama inside of the game. Right. So, so yeah, which uh, I think that will kind of um, 
that will kind of come through here in this story. So Jean's on a college camping trip. Oh, yes. And they they make camp for the night, and one of the guys in the group is sort of bullied into, not bullied, like like roped into doing an impromptu D&D session. And she plays it, and she falls in love with it. Uh, after the college trip, she goes home. She orders her own copy of Dungeons and Dragons, which is the original, the, not the original, like not the very first 500 people copy, but like so this would have been 1975, 1976, it sounds like, when she started doing this. Um, really so right when, right when they had basically gone through their original and made the new, the new version that was sort of the, the became this blow up thing. Mm-hmm. So she quickly realized that she liked dungeon mastering more than playing because she, um, she, she, she likes being control. Yeah. Being control. She likes, and she likes to, she likes to, to tell the, to create the world and tell the story. That's very clear. Hell yeah. Um, you queen girl. Yeah, she's a girl boss of Dungeons and Dragons. So she starts reading Dragon Magazine, the which is like the basically like the 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 gun for Dungeons and Dragons for for D and D. Yeah, it's like <laughs> Game Pro. <laughs> yeah, except it, it's the seventies, so they're like publishing it out of their basement and like gluing the stuff on the pages and everything. Um, but they actually have an <laughs> ad for designers in the July 1978 issue when she applied. Uh, Gary Gygax responded to her personally, and they corresponded back and forth, and basically he offered a job. Tight. Yeah. It's um, amazing they could do that. Yeah, well, and that was, like, sort of so... That must have been such a dream for her. Like, imagine, like, sending a... Well, I don't know exactly what her level of, like, you know, ad, admiration for Gary Gygax was, but, like, sending, like, your favorite baseball player... A letter and he says like hey why don't you come up and like practice and throw the ball yeah. around with well and like i said like this was a small world that was about to get big and it sounds like she sort of started talking to gary right before tsr just expanded and became huge and so be- basically gary brought it brings her out and she he's like i'm a, or she says he he was going to mentor him her himself but then basically he she got there around the same time that the company went public or bit went big i don't know if they actually went public then but like by the time she was working there there was like at the very least like a divide between sort of it was a formalized company with like executives and creatives and that kind of stuff and she gets brought into this office and gary basically kind of just abandons her um that's scary but she she's really like a big fan of gary like she said oh he was always sweet and kind to me and if i ever had a problem i could go to him and that comes up later. As Interesting. Well. So did her did her like correspondence to get the job offer just to take a step back? Did that include like a creative writing section or something? I don't or no, what was what was no, the no, impetus? This is just like it just says like she says in interviews, yeah, we started talking and then he asked me to come out for three days on like a, just to check it out. And then he offered me a job. And that's like awesome. It's it's Amazing. crazy how many things they just sort of like gloss over like it's nothing when clearly it was like something right and yeah. Just, mm-hmm. yeah that's fantastic though yeah it's it's really interesting and, and terrifying then, that sounds terrifying and well and this is where it gets crazy so she moves into yeah. the TSR dorm which is just basically a house where everyone in there was working at TSR right. and um and she basically starts working and and at the time if you were in the design or whatever department there wasn't really a div- there wasn't like artists 
and writers and layout designers and editors and designers like those they everybody kind of turn switched off like people would take turns creating their own modules and then editing other people's work because uh, dragon magazine was coming out monthly so that was like a big thing that everyone kind of contributed to and it was still that kind of like that kind of attitude of like a small shop where everybody works in the same space but it had split between people who were executives in the company which included gary and the bloom brothers kevin and brian who were kind of in the the dave episode and they were in a different building and it sounds like Jean kind of came in and was doing all that stuff but because she was a woman, she was also kind of expected to do the secretarial work and stuff, which, of course, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, gotta do the uh, we got a woman. Yeah. Hey, she's a woman. Got to get her to get the files. And, like, you know, she get the coffee. Yeah. yeah. Um, but she the, and of course, they were all like playing in their free time and stuff. But it sounds like pretty much right away. She was pretty she was already sort of like because she was this this woman Gary had brought in at the same time that they were expanding and bringing a bunch of other people in. Um, she, she claims that essentially she felt like she didn't have um, a mentor ever. Like that Gary was kind of supposed to mentor her and she could never mm -hmm. really get in with the crowd a, because she didn't have a, a guy to sort of like bring her into the boys club. Um, right. And especially like, it seems like this was a, a new world to her. Like, I don't know what she was doing before she became like, well, she's whatever from Jacksonville, designer. Florida. So, um, right. And I'm, yeah. So I imagine this is all very new to her and yeah, yeah to be the only woman in this kind of environment. That's yeah, she obviously was, male dominated. And I don't think she was the only, she was definitely the only woman, um, like in the design, in the, in the game design department, there were a couple yeah. other women yeah. on the, uh, the, the executive side, but that was it. And uh, like, interesting. Yeah, I just it's 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 and knowing what gamers are like, like I I don't know. It's hard to right. tell whether this was like full on Mad Men with dragons or whether this was like, <laughs> or whether it was more like I don't know, um, yeah, an R Crumb comic or something. Like I, it it just sounds like I, it sounds like it was sort of like kind of taken for granted that she was a woman, and this would have been in nineteen seventy nine, eight nineteen seventy nine. But um, yeah. So she wasn't really treated like the writing talent that she was brought on to be. Well, and I I think like a lot of a lot of the people who worked with her kind of later in Q and A is like especially Frank Menser is one of the the sort of like big names of TSR, and he was like pretty fucking uh, brutal to her, both in the the like the like she has no talent, she wasn't that good at anything. And also in like that, he's like, oh, she was just angling for marriage. She was just trying to like get like be the old ball and chain um, kind of thing. And she even called herself like the token female jokingly. Right. And it yeah. sounds like she yeah. was like a person who was just like, uh, tell you, tell you what she'd think. Like she, she constantly talks about how she like Frank Meltzer. I think he called Frank Menzer. I think what did he say? He was like, oh, she was large and brash or something just like completely awful like that. Uh, it, it was, it was like, you got to wonder. And again, like this is all 20 years later. So you wonder how much they're like changing, sort of changing the story with the times or sort of justifying it. But yeah. yeah. It doesn't really sound like they're sugarcoating it. That's for yeah, sure. Like, and, uh, and like, they're all these old cranky dudes who post on forums. Like these are all forum posts from 1998 this always like doing research on this is always fascinating because 
all of the people who were really into Dungeons and Dragons were also people who were on the internet very early. So all and they shared them, prolifically. And they shared <laughs> prolifically, and they 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 just leave those sites up, and they're all from you know ninety six or ninety seven. And I forgot how what the internet looked like back then. It's just an all. It's just like a blast from the past. Like these are all websites I remember going to when I was sixteen, and then never going again. <laughs> but um, Ebon's world, really. So yeah, it just it just feels like um, Gene Gene is allowed to do work and sort of filling in stuff. She started the Sage Advice column, which was basically like a Dear Abby for Dungeons and Dragons kind of thing, like a Dear uh, what's the Ann Landers, whatever. The kind of like. Oh, I I don't know what to do. I don't know which boy to marry. This one is neat. This one is messy. Who should I choose? And so wait, is this in the context of real life or within a game? Like I've reached the this chamber, and uh, what should I search for a chest or should I slay the something? I think like what's funny is like you were kind of being facetious, but that's the kind of questions she'd get. Amazing. That, that's and, actually yeah. super cool. <laughs> and, like, so she, and she felt like a lot of young readers were taking D&D too seriously. So she would kind of be a little glib with the answers, but it was that very like Monty Python-esque, like, like the, 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 the famous question is um, in advanced Dungeons and Dragons, it's like, dear sage advice, in advanced Dungeons and Dragons, how much damage do bows do? <laughs> None. Bows do not do damage. Arrows do. <laughs> however if you hit someone, this is not done there's like a paragraph here guys however if you hit someone with a bow i'd say it would probably do one to four points of damage and thereafter render the bow completely useless for firing arrows what the bows do is allow for a greater variety of ranges all the damage done by arrows is the same <laughs> thanks for your questions you're welcome and so what, like, no variation on tips, no different no, types of arrows that do well, different things, no armor piercing I arrows. Like, yeah, it might have been on, like early. No, that was, that's the way to see. And, then, and then the nerds complained that she said that, and then they made the fire arrows, right? Like, right. Oh, okay. okay. Fire like, arrows. Now you're so talking. One of, okay, the other, okay. one of the other questions is, if an evil cleric is wounded, can he heal himself? Like, can he heal others? Wouldn't that technically be a good act? Like this kind of like, oh, yes, well, uh, technically the cleric is, is evil, so he couldn't do a good act like giving another person food because he's evil. <laughs> like, Even if that other person is himself. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's like, and of course, like, <laughs> yes. I, I, I should do like a, I should do like a, a Gandalf-ass voice for this. Like, yes, he helps keep those nasty critters. Alive to further the purpose of evil. Hmm. I know of an evil cleric who keeps a kapati in cures. He's rotten to the core and would kick his mother out of her home if he thought something could be gained from it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it does seem like, yeah, she, she uh, brings some of her 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 role playing into everyday yeah, life like there was a whole like um the someone wrote in like oh no my character's pregnant what should i do and it's like well your character has to take it easy for nine months and not fight and not wear armor and like just like full-on or like yeah, debating just whether the, paladins yeah. are celibate like like would do paladins fuck or do they lose their powers <laughs> if they fuck <laughs> 
I, I yeah i feel yeah she i mean i'm sure like, like yeah there's seems to be this a lot of horniness bubbling under the surface yeah and in, and like also like in D like, so she was just giving that a bit of like like definitely sort of like playful teasing and like like letting you know when you're taking something too seriously you know and like i don't wonder if that kind of came out a bit in her personality right and that it would have been fine if she was like a dude, but because it's like a woman, yeah. Like making well, I do remember in some of some of the articles you sent, I was reading, and and she she did see that you know some of the communities had like a very serious tone, like it was just like they they didn't they didn't have a lot of like you know funny moments or things like that. So I think she tried to add some some levity in I don't know the modules she was creating. The nerds couldn't fucking handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a shame. It seems like a missed opportunity. It is. getting too worked up to be able to, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, isn't that the history of gaming? <laughs> it's really, right. it really is. Which it does draw like, parallels. Well, that's the to, thing. So the yeah. next thing she wrote in 1980 was an op-ed in Dragon Number 39, and she had to co-write it with a guy. I, and I, like, or she did co-write it with a guy. Uh, I don't know if he was put on it because he was, like, a senior editor or whatever. But they wrote this op-ed called Women Want Equality and Why Not? And it was very, like, the standard stuff of, like, you know, like, oh, every time my female friends go to play D&D, their characters just get hit on. And then the guys think that that means that they can hit on them in reality, even if they're into it in the game or whatever. Or, like, uh, oh, yeah, yeah like, like, even calling wow, out, using, like, the min- Using your RPG as your portal to your, like, in in real life. Like, literally wow, saying, like, all good. the female miniatures are just there for guys to jack off to, right? They're, like, <laughs> no, like, even, like, and in that same issue, which I have linked in the description there is a whole like how to on painting a female model where the model itself is naked and it teaches you how to paint a dress over it oh hell yeah (laughs) well it's so ridiculous like this and this trope persists today in like female armor in like any rpg that you can still pick up off the shelf and like again like yeah it's it's kind of a it's a it's very dumb and it's very it can be dumb and fun if it's done right but it's it's just so blatant here and like the thing is like that kind of shit is still like a battleground for the dumbest fucking reasons in circles today like that's what sucks is like that they wrote this in 1980 and you could still write it basically word for word and nobody would be like what the fuck are you talking about like everyone would be like yep 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 like yeah yeah, you're right yeah probably so amen but yeah ruin everything <laughs> yeah leave it to men so oh my god uh <laughs> i mean i think what's interesting too is like i don't want to say like i don't think every dude at the tsr offices was gross like a fucking like ben shapiro or like a whatever but there was definitely like i think a lot of it was unspoken yeah. and that was well, I... the problem I'm starting to wonder based on some of the, these interviews, like I've read in this wired article, like, do they all, a lot of them did have somewhat of a negative image. The entire wired article is dudes. There's not, a, there's, and, there's people saying, and, ev- and everyone else she worked with is a dude. And it's like dudes who like, like one of the guys was like, yeah, well I quit halfway through. And it's like, okay, so yeah. that tells us. And I know that, like, I know the guy that said that is like a huge asshole. Like I recognize him, and he's a huge fucking asshole. Okay. Like yeah. Well, Bill Willingham, you are a fucking asshole. 
Okay, he might have been one of them because several of them have pointed to the fact, like, oh, she was just what she was just like angling to get yeah, married was, like, or whatever. Or, or, it, yeah, it sounds like she looking dated, to get like, hitched. Few, and she, she did date, but like, what the fuck do you expect to happen? She's the only girl there. She's like probably like like it's this new adventure for her. Like she's giddy about it. Other yeah, guys, man, it's not a convent. Yeah, <laughs> she's well, allowed to thing, date. She, <laughs> well, that's the fucked up thing is like she wrote like all the horniest module. Like, like, and that's the thing. Like, oh, she was just trying to get marriage, and she's like, "No, dude, she wanted to fuck you, and then just write D and D with you. Like, this is what you said you. This is what you think you want, but you don't because you're a piece of shit." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I I think she was the victim of a uh, super toxic environment. But yeah. 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 Still managed. Still managed to get this module together, and well, I really wish we had a copy is, of it. It sounds like basically at this point she's seen, she's sort of seen as like, oh, that's Gary's little project kind of thing. Like, um, and Gary, Gary had basically said like, treat her modules like, or she, someone had told them mm-hmm. her modules are like Gary's modules. Yeah. I was reading. She's kind of like straddled the line between yeah, yeah I, uh, man, upper management and, well, and, and you know, the, creative team and she kind of says too like she was friends with a lot of their wives and uh, some yes. of their wives worked at the company and i would don't wouldn't be surprised if that was more what it was was like they were the only other women at the yes. company. and so she because she was friends with gary and his wife and then like these yes. secretaries and so, in the executive then she it felt like she was like like it became like this for her it was like well, this is the time I ha- I can connect with these women on a way that I can't with these men. But the men saw it as like, oh, she's all friendly with the executives, and they're the ones exactly. who tell us like not to put penis written in the tiles on this module or whatever, right? Right. Oh man. Okay. So I'm with Bill Willingham, like the guy you said was like the total douche. He is like uh, from the white article, writer, but he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. So this is just what you're saying. He's like, hey, my wife plays mahjong with her. And she'll give me shit if we don't let her do her module. So publish it. And so we like, we don't hear any crap about it. Which like, basically his quote. Like, like I get it. And like, that does happen. But like, here's the thing too. I've read the module and it's not, it's the same shit that all the other modules had. Like maybe some of the play testing isn't clean, but even Jean said like Gary brought her in as a creative writer and she was supposed to learn all the rules and stuff like that as she played. And I think a lot of the other, the, the men at the time were coming in from like a, a making an interesting rule and then justifying it with fluff perspective with sort of like right. the, the creativity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's interesting. You should say about like fluff because one of the lasting things I think that she did bring to D and D is um, I don't know if it was in this article, but it mentioned that she was one of, she might have been the first people to add furniture and decor yeah, like, to like the rooms that people entered. put furniture in rooms and there was no treasure and it was like in dungeons at the time you would yeah. go to a room and it'd be like this room is empty and she was like no no tell them there's furniture in there yeah and she says on one hand like she was trying to show the players there was more to a dungeon and they could build their they could fill the rooms with what they want there was like a, a mm-hmm. section of the dungeon that was blocked by collapsed rocks that she said like well if a d- dungeon master wanted they could like say those rocks cleared or whatever or like have the character let the character clear the rocks and design their own section of the dungeon which wasn't done at the time it, it really yeah wasn't. it was like that so she was expanding like she was, she was she was 
she was definitely building on D and D as a game. And, and like I don't know if you're you is all stuff that's like people does people crave in D and D. Yeah, because you play D, you're a DM a lot more than I am, but I like all the DMs that I've I've played with. Yeah, every DM does describe the room and will say there's like furniture. Yeah, most of it has nothing in it, but it's like if you do take the time to look through like all this like shit, maybe you will find. Well, something. and you can, and that's part of the excitement of D and D. You're letting the players build things in, right? Like you don't tell them like. Well, this orc has one eye missing because he like lost it in the war of whatever. You just say like, "Oh, this orc has an eye missing," and then people fill in their own context, right? And it and again, like these guys were coming at the time from like they were like, "Well, no, you bring your character in and you go and you try and collect treasure," because they were all like war gamers and board gamers, and they were like, "The point is to like get to the highest level." And for her, it was more like playing a story and telling a story and stuff like that and building a world. And not that yeah. that, not that, that so wasn't there, but that really like, that was not the focus of early D anD D, especially under Gary, which is the interesting thing. Like, but Gary was also a guy who liked to. Gary was like Gene in that he liked to fuck with people in his dungeon. He was a guy who liked messing with them, and I think that's what he found like interesting about her writing. So mm. yeah, I yeah, mean, because by expanding the world in that way, there's infinite more opportunities. Yeah, <laughs> to fuck yeah, with yeah I, I, it's it's true though. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I don't know if it was if people were doing a lot of their own like kind of homebrew well, they were, uh, modules at the time. And TSR didn't really know, like they mm-hmm. they well they knew that was going on, but I don't think there was there again like this was way before the internet. You had to write a letter, you had to stamp yeah. it. Like the people who wrote them were like, and and then there's like all the the things of like oh well this guy said a nice letter about me, so I'm gonna remember that letter, but I'm not gonna remember the guy who's like you know what would be cool like I don't really like all the gaming aspects, but if you did it like this. And then they're like, well, fuck you. I wrote those rules, dude. Like, and I don't want to say like, there are people who just want to play D and D because they want to like strategize on a minis board and like kill goblins and be stupid, like, or not even be stupid, like be very serious about like whether or not you can kill a goblin with an, with a, with a bone ax or whatever. Right. Like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think, yeah. If you, if you want to be so technical about it, I think, I mean, at least today, you should preserve your game for more like, yeah, the, the war hammers and like the very like well, astute things with battle mechanics. But I mean, for me, like, yeah, it's, it's more about the, the actual, like, you know, playing a character, like conversing with people is, is a more fun D and D experience for me than getting really nitty gritty about like technical aspects of fireballs. I think the audience that they were corresponding with mostly at the time was very much that kind of audience, the the technical, the the wargamer audience, because that's where they yeah. sold it to initially. But that right. D and D's appeal, and I think what's interesting is if this module had been bigger, what those things might have encouraged. You know, I don't know. It's interesting, or like, who might have found this module that was more like Gene, and maybe been like, well, I don't really like Keep on the Shadowfell. I don't really like keep on the borderlands i don't really like like um you know tomb of horrors but i actually really like this one because it's tomb of horrors you know yeah, yeah. so he writes this module again there's a, there's there's sort of two things going on here um the other thing was gene had mentioned um that one of the blooms kevin didn't like her she's really like every interview she kind of basically says like well the blooms didn't like me especially kevin she's really like kevin had it out for me um apparently she was doing half days one week because she got sick 
um, with permission of her supervisor. Then Kevin Bloom found out and told Gary she was slacking off. Gary called her into his office. She tells him what's going on. He sees that she's sick and he goes back and screams at Kevin. And keep in mind, this is like the period where the Blooms and Gary are starting to basically go to war for control of the company. Like, or like fight for the control of the company, like butthead executive decisions and stuff like that. Um, and she says in the the podcast interview that I've linked in the description to save or die, uh, Kevin was the type of person who never forgets. And so obviously that's through her life. Like an elephant. But it feels like she started kind of end, ending up making enemies everywhere through, like in some ways through no fault of her own, or at least like without even realizing or, or not even being able to do anything about it once she'd made the enemy. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. But... Like just a target on her back since she came well, in as like Gary, Gary Gygax, like mentor, or like a protege. So she doesn't get in any trouble, I think, is the, the other key to that is like every time there is actually something that maybe she was like, you know, maybe saying something that was a little too mean or direct or too sort of like, you know, this isn't really the time to like trick, trick somebody up with a clever riddle like that then any sort of consequences are immediately mitigated by the boss being like, leave her alone. Don't touch her stuff. Don't edit her stuff. Let her write what she wants. Don't yeah. touch it. Like just copy edit it. And like, especially like it doesn't sound like everyone else got that. Mm-hmm. And that was the other thing. Like, so Dave, like yeah. Dave Arneson definitely didn't fucking get that. And he created the game. So there's yeah. there's like there's layers here. So she's she's ostracized basically just because everyone there's thinks she's getting special privilege. Yeah. Like, and ultimately, yeah. it comes down to she's Gary's girl, right? She's Gary's friend, whatever. Gary's girl. Yeah. And I don't know if they ever did it. It's possible. Um, she definitely still t- like every all the time was like, no, I love Gary. Gary's great. Um, yeah, so it then, sounds like they liked each other. So they yeah they they don't edit her module the way they would other modules. The the editor is like kind of just like working with her and like, okay, well, we'll just take this seriously and we'll do it. And like, and then the satanic panic happens. So basically in oh, the, satanic the, panic. the early eighties, what a time uh, groups, you know, sort of the ascendant right wing used this as one of their sort of wedge issues to push into the media. Like this was very much like a, a push by the like moral majority, Phyllis Schlafly, yeah. uh, basically like oh, a, yeah. a wing of Reagan's sort of like, yeah, like, this does seem like of like a great creeps, basically. Get, the fear. We're not. I'm not. I'm yeah, not gonna yeah. get. I'm not gonna get into that too much. But it's like <laughs> and, Reagan, and also like you know, like it was the time of everyone was doing cocaine, uh, right? So like you were, you were. You were ready to be afraid of some shit. The devil's dandruff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be L-Star anymore. <laughs> Get up. Uh, Geared up to be terrified. Yeah, so so they um, they basically are dealing with the satanic panic. Gene's module is not really being looked at. It goes all the way through, and the executives see it. And they see these illustrations... And the illustrations... These illustrations, are, yes. <laughs> Let's talk about these illustrations. They're too demonic. They're just everything that makes D&D good <laughs> in the 80s. They're like... They're... Like, honestly, like, I think, like, I, I sent you guys the link to the illustrations. And- 
Yeah. Um, these are... These look like they're what I'd see in an old Playboy. They're... Maybe. They're, they're like, <laughs> like the cartoon section of old Playboy. A year old who got his older brother's copy of Heavy Metal and decided yeah. he wants to be a heavy yeah. metal artist. They're not... Not pornographic, though, they're, necessarily. They're greasy as fuck. Suggestive, but like... <laughs> they're like... I, well, even like the first one, and oh, let's... Okay, so there were four sort of offending illustrations, and two were really the big ones. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw the name of the first one, but the name yeah. is The Illusion of the Decapus. Oh, wait, no, I didn't... Oh wait, Decap. I think I I pronounced it wrong. I was like, Decapus. I was like, yeah, whatever. No, and I thought, that, like, okay, maybe it's the Decapus. No, nope. De- Decapus sounds way more hardcore. <laughs> the illusion of the Decapus. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine defending that. Well, no, it's like there's like ten of them, and they're all poking her, and so. Oh God, I got another. I got another Gandalf caption here. So the illusion, the, the illustration is actually not that big, and it's kind of hard to understand what's going on, to be honest. The caption added to it so much. So, like, it's just like Gandalf is just, because just, you read these in the game, and a beautiful young woman hangs from the ceiling. Nine ugly men can be seen poking their swords lightly into her flesh, all the while taunting her in an unknown language and pulling at what few clothes she has on. <laughs> like, I mean, they're definitely poking their swords into her flesh. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's definitely a, but, a pretty unsavory scene. Yeah, there is like, it does. It has gangbang, you know, because she said, qualities. she said they brought her in and they were like, why are you putting S and M into dungeons and dragons? And she, she, her, her response was like, what's S and M? And uh, Sado is it SNM or is it just SM? Well, at the time they were calling it SNM, now I think it's BDSM, uh, right? Um, get, yeah, get freaky. This illustration is definitely a little, a little risque, um, definitely designed yeah. to be a little, and it's it's like the whole thing is it's an illusion, like they say it, and if you do right. anything to it, they all disappear. And it's completely fake. So that's like their 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 safety door, right? Sweet, yeah, it's okay. You just walk in, and um, there's this weird. I will say that dudes, like, like they make the dudes look like, <laughs> like the one dude definitely looks like a Ron Jeremy. Yeah. The other guy is a Doctor Zayas like from Planet of the Apes. Like a dude with a top knot, and then... yeah, there's a top knot. Um, a they're very I'm random, very that. random assortment. Um. Guys guy got, like, and the, the, to be fair, another guy has like chains wrapped around his chest in like the bondage X, and they're all wearing like, yeah. leather pants. So I don't know. So it's a freak show. She, like, freak show. Claimed up. Someone's down, blindfolded. Like, not I think, think of the sexual or sort of like the like. But of course, so this this is like this is perfect. This is the image that they're like, oh my god, if this gets to the press we're fucked. Like, they're going to be like, look at this. This is exactly what we're talking about. This is why we need to, uh, you know, cancel school lunch programs and make semi-automatic rifles available to everybody. Uh, This is not, this is not our grandfather's America. And like, I think this image is like blatantly kind of horny, you know, in a way that makes it a little like, this is the horniest one, I think, but yeah, the, the most obviously horny. 
yeah but the next image which is the more i like i last night when i was reading these and looking at these i had kind of i'd saved this image and i looked at it a few times it is like extreme first off it's extremely like very well drawn like horrible like just like gro- deliberately grotesque and I, I had kind of concentrated mostly at first on like the 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 guy the giant so they're three-headed giants and they have uh all of them have like mixed heads like feminine and masculine heads and some of them have like breasts and some of them don't and uh i i like the, the biggest the one that really did it for me is like the 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 three-headed giant on the bottom right like there's the guy yeah. with like the fucking crazy eyes and the drool coming from his mouth and then I, it took me like three times looking at this, like the one head with her like tongue sticking out is yeah, like, I, this is the stuff that like this. I'm enhancing right now. Yeah. <laughs> it is like, it's sort of like very quietly horny, like in a very, well, I mean, I don't even think it's quiet <laughs> in this one. I this think... just looks like a bunch of like sleazy people in some kind of like same body three-headed or ogre or G yeah, like, type deal. So like she, no, they're feeding each other soup, guys. Yeah, Come on. <laughs> soup is it's supposed to be a nurturing and it's nourishing like, image. Two parents and a child. Like, and then they have, as as they have like family photos of them. Yeah, there's the family photos in the background of other like weird. So they don't have photos and they all have like the, the lines across them. Like there's glass panes and it's like, like that just to me like set me off the edge because it's like wait a minute they have like they're behind glass like (laughs) and they're wearing like loincloths and boiling a cauldron full of tentacles (laughs) this was was the kind of shit that like was like people were pulling out of like judas priest albums and being like this is sick this is the moral decay of society like it's amazing it's just like it's she definitely threw gasoline on the well, satanic panic, even, I think, with it. She shit. said she so she claims that she intended them all to have the three heads that were the same sex, and that the artist Errol Otis was kind of a known shit disturber. Uh-huh. And he almost lost his job over this illustration. And this is the kind of shit that he liked to do. Like he Because he like he's like, I'm just gonna mix up the heads. I'm gonna, mix up the heads. I'm gonna make this one like like stick. They'll have three boobs. <laughs> I like how the three the, the three headed ogre in the back is kind of just like watching like the stew being made, just yeah. being like, well, you know. <laughs> and then the other side of this is that all those the, all the heads are caricatures of TSR employees. And if you read all the articles, you realize no one can agree on who the who these people are supposed to be. <laughs> Except right. clearly the guy in the top left is Gary Gygax. It's like that's the only one obvious. that I maybe could have placed. But, but yeah, who knows? Who knows what a game designer of anything looks like? So yeah. Everybody thought they were in this drawing and was mad about it, basically. Because <laughs> they all look they all bear some resemblance to them, and maybe that's to the artist's credit. Like, that's the hallmark of good art right there. <laughs> yeah. Everyone sees themselves in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they can't exactly. These faces are so specific. Like the one guy has like the gross, like rip, like the the gross, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, like 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 Ghost Butler hair. 
And then the other ones, like the guy has like one right. guy looks like he has a porcupine on his head and like massive buck teeth. Like these that are, looks like these are not flattering portraits. No, certainly not. Except that one girl in the front, she's kind of slamming. Yeah, but... yeah. <laughs> or like the girl sticking her tongue out. Like... <laughs> yeah, I think really like if you took out. If you if you took out like the 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 weird creepy expressions on the the little kid giant, and then you didn't make the the giant the male giant between the two fem- female giants look so fucking gross like he's about to sexually harass like both of the women attached to his body, like so himself he's yeah. about to sexually harass himself. It's so like the, the the caricatures are so gross that they really make the picture seem much more like like lurid than they actually then like sort of like the first look belies i guess it just to me like this image is like a fun one to study and be like holy shit right it's like i don't know quite what's going on here and i don't know if i want to know but i think i think we should very uh, repressed midwestern sexuality we should uh, we should let people know that this i think was like these games were made at a time when they had the mentality of it's much better to get more out the door. Yes. And then, and then like, whatever, if you have some duds, it's fine. Cause we're just like cranking it out and like people are buying this shit so fast. They just want more content. Well, and-, and so this, this was like, probably they could like, we could just fire this one out. And you know, if it's a dud, whatever, well, this people aren't even like notice this two weeks from now. Last minute. It was like literally in the last right. minute before they went out the door. Um, like it was a it, the reason because Gene wanted the, them to change the artwork and redo it, and they didn't have time because it was already due to be sent to the printers, and the printers needed something to print because money had basically right. changed. Printers got to print. Yeah, printers got to print, <laughs> but they are not printing this filth. <laughs> too bad. Too bad. Well, they got a few at the door, didn't they? Uh, no. So well, yeah. So they did print a bunch of the modules. <laughs> Yeah. And then, so, but the thing was, like, everyone kind of agrees now that this was basically just the scapegoat. She was in, Gene was caught in the crossfire of like the satanic panic. She was already unpopular. This module had some weird, freaky sex stuff going on. Um, the like the the writing in the module itself is pretty tame. Like, it's just like, yeah, you go this palace, there's like a silver princess. She's kept in, like, she can't like do all her things. So she needs you to go kill the blah, blah, blah. It's like very much like that. Cause it was a, it was designed to be a module for beginners, which also is like interesting that it's so horny because it was kind of designed for younger players. Um, yeah. Well, I imagine all D and D was like, you couldn't make a D and D at this time and think, no, like, I feel like, no, like lo- Oh really? Even then, like most of the people playing it were like war gamers who were like dudes in their, 20s and 30s like okay okay i thought it had hooked like a younger audience from the get-go they, they did get the younger audience into D. um that was sort of i guess yeah this would have been more at the time where there was a lot of kids and teenagers playing D. but the core audience was always those war gamers right yeah um yes so like the story also is that like brian bloom went around and pulled all the copies of the artwork so nobody could like put them up it's like a fuck you like that's how petty this was getting. So that's pretty petty. Those are the two like really then there's also like and I think if you look at the other two illustrations like the garden so there's like a a drawing of a garden 
with a, a female statue and they redrew it to be a dragon instead of a woman. And I think the reason is apparently like the way the robes, she's like both like got a bunch of like carved robes and then there's a bunch of like vines around her. And apparently people thought it was kind of like suggestively phallic, which like, or like maybe okay. suggestively vaginal. It, like if you look at this drawing, it's yeah. just like, all right, now because- I don't really see it. It's kind of a stretch, yeah. Well, and there is like, if you look, this is another great like subtle horny detail is like, the hands pulling the vines <laughs> so like they're so like gnarled and gross that they just like suggest like a monster like peeking kind of creepy <laughs> yeah i see it yeah okay like, sure. so i just think that's kind of funny um and then the final drawing it's a dude throwing a dog some meat but the way he's holding the meat makes it look like his dick and it's it's clearly not bad that's just a total fluke but again because shame were, on eugene yeah, I think that's this one's definitely just playing into the younger audience. This guy's gonna jack what? off and feed the dog yeah. that way. Like, what are they thinking he's doing? He's just like, what ten-year-old hasn't done like, that with I'll a hot feed dog? My dog, come! It makes him mean, you know. Like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So these four illustrations were basically like, we're not doing this. We're canceling the module. We're dumping them all in the trash. Like they were, the, these modules were sent like en masse to a landfill. Um, oh, wow. Now, oh, they're there with the ETs? The actual, yeah. For Atari. The actual physical <laughs> copies now sell for like thousands of dollars. I bet. Yeah. They're that rare. And is there a copy? Is there, can you get a copy online? Can you find it? There's PDF scans and that's where I got yeah. Images from I've linked a, right. a PDF scan and a link to like the website that archives like all the details of the module and stuff, including all the um, the marketing materials. So here's the big question: Would either of you think it would be fun to play that module? I mean, I would do it. As I think it would be a curiosity. Like these old modules are very like every cliche you can think of of like of 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 sort of like high fantasy and like fantasy sure. gaming was set by these so it's like yeah they sort of seem kind of quaint now it's like trying to read like you know like gulliver's travels or something it just seems strangely dated but like i think it would be a fun right. like thing to do you just have to either play the original yeah. rules which would be very annoying or you'd have to like just like throw out the rules and just sort of like let, let have the dm sort of like figure out the, the the details of the adventure and build them on. I think it would be fun to stumble stumble upon a like stumble upon the module in like an already established kind of yeah, that camp might be fun. campaign and just find yourself like suddenly uh yeah I think that, that could be a fun scenario. Your encounter now is like because like the the horniness of this module has definitely been exaggerated over time. Uh it's not that it's really yeah. that really make it super horny um i didn't think it was too I bad a, but i mean the one the girl yeah well that's the thing the, those first two illustrations are like are like really almost like deliberately confrontational <laughs> like they're designed right. almost to get a rise out of you which like i think is really yeah. kind of what set them apart yeah, and it, it, I mean, obviously there was like, yeah, it seemed like there were some in-jokes that, yeah. like, it seemed yeah. like this was more than just a module. This yeah, was, there was a, there was like a power yeah. struggle played out 
over this module. And that's what yeah, made it funny and interesting to, to, to talk about, right? I mean, it would ultimately, be fun to do that. And like, yeah. yeah. Ultimately, the first thing that I would think when entering a room in a dungeon with a rabid dog would be can I feed this dog my penis? <laughs> this is, I gotta save myself. <laughs> Might cost me an extremity. How high do I need to roll for that? penis feeding to this dog to be successful <laughs> the DMs like, for free. that's great right? yeah that could be on a roll <laughs> unsuccessful oh. sorry unsuccessful <laughs> try again uh, okay. um, we should say that the other thing though is that she actually and this is like another thing that it was like yeah not just a module she was like bringing in her own her own things or like you know referencing people outside of the game yeah. wasn't the silver princess her it was like her her like uh they name said was from, like her yeah. silver print the silver princess was her character from the from society of acronastic fantasy or whatever like, yeah. marping stuff like yes. okay i think that's why people obviously started like drawing comparisons it's like okay this is just your like whatever i mean yeah what's particularly uh, funny yeah. about this is like D is sort of like a place for people to work out their kinks in a safe way, you know, like, like, like yeah. there's a ton of like weird, <laughs> weird, uncomfortably, uh, accidentally erotic stuff in plenty of other D and D modules from this time period. It's just, this one was written by a woman who people didn't like. And it was at a time when people were freaking out about Satan or dead babies or whatever. <laughs> So, yeah, it was at the perfect freak out. So time. it just it, it, was, she under it is like it's absolutely sucks, and it's not surprising that it happened to her module, right? And basically, after that, she was like, they would they just wouldn't look at anything she wrote. They basically had her. They were like basically like confining her to being a secretary, and it was sort of claimed Yikes. all these guys sort of are like, well, she wasn't that good. Like we kind of it wasn't it wasn't really the module that did it. We, like. Like what they're saying without saying is like we needed an excuse to cut her out of the creative process because we were tired of her bullshit, like you know, kind of thing. Like we were tired of like dealing with a, a hormonal woman or whatever who was like trying to fuck right. us all the time. Like oh, right, uh, that was totally the problem. Like, <laughs> or who wasn't? She couldn't resist because this week she was fucking my friend and not fucking me or whatever. Right, like that kind of bullshit. Yeah, that's unfortunate. This might be a little bit about uh, there was a game designer in I think it was also it was probably the early '80s, but he he was uh, gay, and there this was like during the whole time of like the whole AIDS pandemic, and you had yeah like Ronald Reagan and different like government officials basically like not not avowing any of the hate speech that was coming out against like all the heinous groups saying like this is like gay cancer all these like yeah this is like the culling yeah. very Horrible, like heinous hate speech because it was the religious right yeah, yeah exactly and it was and there was it a, at the time because it was so like there was a, a huge taboo around it right yeah and and so uh there was a game designer who made a game which is essentially like you know like if you were to see it it would look like you know an rpg like an old rpg with like some graphics but you're like on a quest and so so he made this whole game it was called i think it was called like like i don't know like gay sword or i have to look it up it's it's in the documentary that came on netflix that's Ooh. on video games but it was like this guy did a whole takedown of you know the 
all the shitty the shittiness that that's coming at the gay community and he's like you know what i'm just gonna make this thing that that kind of like gives me some gives me an outlet gives me some kind of like way to fight back and it became like this huge like sensation within like kind of just the community but it yeah it was interesting to see how 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 those kinds of things like found a place to to you know still exist even though even though they're yeah they're the forces against it don't want it to like get out to the public because that you can't even find a copy of that game now but yeah and they were always there they like gene was there at the beginning like she was there, like the game was invented in 1974 and she was there in 1979, you know, like this wasn't like, yeah. and same with that, that this gay. And this was probably, this, this kicked off the whole, they were just yeah. kicked to the side and not allowed to do any of the stuff that would have actually made a difference. Right. And that whole, <laughs> the whole horny, like D and D community is like alive and thriving oh, today. It's like, D&D. <laughs> If you have, if you, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> it's like with the right people, it was fun and it was kind of silly and goofy and whatever. And like, they were all like Midwesterners who'd never been able to actually say the word sex or whatever. Because, like, sorry, I remembered Gay Blade. Gay Blade was the name yeah. of that that game. Look it up. We're doing an episode on Gay Blade for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> as as a three-breasted she dude, I was pleased to see myself represented in this soup tasting image. <laughs> I know, I see myself. <laughs> Tag yourself. I, I see myself in so many of these pictures. <laughs> Extra tentacles, please. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, it does uh, look tasty. Oh, it's that illustration is honestly like I kind of want to like, like just like that's the kind of illustration you you deliberately like because like it wouldn't be an appropriate in a lot of contexts but it is one of those illustrations where you're like this is really fucked up and really cool at the same time oh yeah there's so much going on there you're just like wow this is fantastic a, like, a portal it, into somebody's mind i know people don't fantastic. like to like find the images while they're watching podcasts or whatever but like if you look at this image while we're doing this, ad, while you're listening to this episode, it is well worth it. I promise. You should, yeah, you should have to uh, check out the images. Yeah, uh, they will be included in the in the links and then show notes. But yeah, um, not to like sort of bring it all down, but um, she basically married uh, another TSR employee, Corey Kabernick. He was laid off in 1981, and they moved to Wisconsin, and she never worked again. She just raised kids. Um, she literally said in the, like, in the most, like, like, like adorable way, she's like, yeah, TSR basically won and I lost. (laughs) And like, it was like clearly years later. And the way she said it was sort of like being kind of humorous, but like, she's right. That's what fucking happened. They basically wanted to do it. And like, she basically like drove her out of the industry uh for all for the crime of being too horny and too female which like you'd think the nerds would be happy with but (laughs) yeah it seemed like there were a few factors that kind of aligned against her that sucked yeah and because it feels like there could have been you know a lot of good stuff that not even just her but imagine the 
the women should be inspiration. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or or anyone really, and, but just to be like a bit to have a bit of a different angle on some of the stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and to sort of would have been, would have been yeah, added richness to the to the tapestry. Well, the module did get rewritten and put out there. I I haven't read both versions. There's like the orange version is the original, and then there's a green version. Like it has a green cover instead of an orange cover. And it was rewritten by um, a male writer uh, with those illustrations removed and some of that content sort of softened. And it was sort of like softened. this, yeah, softened, like D <laughs> made flaccid, just took the, took the blood right out of it. Uh, like a perfectly cooked soup tentacle. Yes. Call <laughs> that. <laughs> she um so yeah I, they they did release it and it got good reviews like everyone was like yeah this is a good beginner module for beginners to learn the game with so she did what she was supposed to do yeah that's true like that is the best part of like this is, <laughs> give me give me all your greenhorns that are just getting introduced to this game yeah, let's make them let's let's give them a weird you know, like some, some eight-year-old. That's the, that's the other thing we lost is in an alternate universe, some eight-year-old looked at this drawing and was like, totally had their all of their like when they went through puberty and all their entire sexual life ahead of them was just absolutely destroyed by this drawing. <laughs> like they can't right. get hard unless like, someone puts on a third boob and like makes them tentacle stew. <laughs> exactly because i feel like you either would have gotten them like turned them off right away or got them really, really just, like buried <laughs> it deep in their psyche right? like a 12 year old <laughs> just about to get like get go through puberty just sees this drawing and is like fuck <laughs> yeah there's something to be said about um you know using a creative platform existing or maybe like pushing the boundaries of it yeah and inserting stuff that's not common stuff that makes you uncomfortable initially yeah. maybe or even maybe it takes a, a little while before you become uncomfortable and i'm thinking about like different literary works that are not easy to read right. yeah. <laughs> um but that you know like i don't know like naked lunch or something right. where it's like maybe you're not enjoying every moment of it and in the case of that specific example, maybe none of it, but, you know, there is still merit to creative expression for the boundaries that it pushes sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes there isn't. Sometimes it's absolute garbage. Well, and sometimes <laughs> but, it's yeah. fun. Like, but yeah, exactly. The thought exercise of like, what would happen with this, if the, if everything was like super kinky and, well, and, and weird and like the last thing you'd expect and the same type of thing, um, you know, we were referring to it uh, earlier or maybe just before we started recording about the whole, like, if this is true, then what else is true? Um, and doing a thought exercise where you project into the future or project into a certain uh, situation under these circumstances. These are the new laws. These are the new laws of physics in this reality. Now, what happens? Go. And that type of thing is, I think it helps people to escape further and it helps creative processes by kind of shaking off some of the boundaries that we impose on ourselves and each other in the reality that we live in, or even in just the existing creative realm 
of like fantasy universes, quote unquote. And the fact that fuck it, you can make up your own new thing. You can yeah. do, and it's you know it's going to sink or swim on its own merits or whatever. Um, but there's value in kind of digging into those corners of your mind sometimes and kind of seeing you know shaking off the cobwebs totally. and seeing what else seeing what else comes out seeing yeah. what you can yeah find. and you're right like what better place to do that in like the the realm of D where you're like kind of building and creating your own One world absolutely anyway and where everyone is a weird nerd and you are too and you're just like like sort of like like it's and it is like it's like going to take an improv class or whatever it's the same thing it's like it teaches you not only to not worry so much about like whether or not the thing you're making is perfect and just like make something that sort of like, like provokes a reaction. And I think like that speaks to sort of the atmosphere was like, they were all sort of living together and working together and in this new thing that had only been around for like half a decade that they were the innovators of. And Mm-hmm. They were all just like f- having fun and doing dumb shit. And like, she, she had a bunch of stories that I kind of didn't get into, but they were like, you know, they would like, like make fun, like sort of like copy each other's accents and like play these little games, like where they were like, like she was on like hot girl patrol where like they would all like watch hot girls walk by the office building. And, and again, like the, some of that stuff is super fucking misogynistic, but it's like, that was the atmosphere at the time. And she didn't necessarily feel like, like she couldn't ever take part in it. It's just as time went on and she, she became less of a fucking novelty. They didn't want to do it with her anymore. Cause it right. was too whatever. Right. Like, and that, that's uh, what killed it yeah. was like, they were judging her. And then she was like, there's all this pressure. And all of a sudden it's not this fun. Fuck it anymore. It's like, there's pressure and there's money involved and there's legal stuff. And there's like, like, Oh, we might be offending Christians. And like, and it just becomes this like very serious, not fun thing, but you're stifling still, environment. Yeah. But you're invested in it. And there is right. still that like, yeah, she, like she made a fucking D and D module that is one of now the most inf- inf- infamous of all time. Like she made a module, like, like nobody can take that away from her at the end of the day. Um, and like, that doesn't mean that what happened to her and that she shouldn't have gone on to write many more modules if she wanted to, but like, yeah, she she made that, and she and she, she made yeah. like a fucking crazy module that is full of like weird horny drawings and like a different take on Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm glad yeah, it would recognizing have... it now because there's probably five others like her that don't have this module to bring them out of obscurity, right? Right. Yeah, it's it's too bad because like yeah, like we mentioned, she died in 2012. Yeah, it would have been great to I think get her take now because i think like there there was a big D resurgence that we're kind of still yeah. in the midst of right now but it was like just before that and especially now with like you know the me too movement and like she was an advocate for equality like from pretty much her get-go yes it it would be really interesting to get some of her takes if if you know if she could see the way things are going now and you know gamergate like we didn't really touch about that but i think that draws a lot of parallels to what was oh, big time. going on, you know, in, in her work. And yeah, basically people, I mean, this is always like women not being heard or not being, uh, or being like shouted down basically yeah. by all the men in the community. Fragile dude circling the wagons against the interloper, yeah, exactly. the female interloper. And what's so sad about right. it too so is weird. this is, this is so, we've done so many episodes on women that are basically this story to us it's, yeah, it's true. Well, yeah. 
It's because you know, and it sucks yeah, ass, and it's like it's it's dudes be hella fragile, yo. And, and <laughs> it's depressing to see it over and over again when you do this, right? Like this, the reason I'm more concentrated on like the fun sex stuff was because like that's that's like the most interesting part of this is like we've seen dudes be assholes to a lone woman without even realizing it before, right? Like we've seen this in three or four other episodes of this fucking show. You know, like we've seen women cut out yeah. of things just because they were women in like episodes we've all done. And it's just like, I love that there's this part of her that's just like this weird little like troll sex pervert that like wanted to mess it. Did like, seem, yeah, it did seem, yeah, that module was pretty trolly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it, that is a great way to put that, it. Like, if, if this had been like it, it it isn't like obviously like you can't just boil it down to gender things there was obviously other things going on but it really does feel like maybe at best at like the worst you can say about her is that she didn't get any support so she could never really bloom into like putting all of those pe- things that she wanted to do into like a coherent perfect thing that that right. that, that balanced that tightrope right and that totally. if, if all these these factors hadn't come in, like, yeah, maybe she would have been like the the person, the woman raising her sons in the D and D offices. They grew up to like be like, no, fuck you, like, like, or maybe. And if she wrote two more modules that were more like girl friendly, whatever, not even girl friendly, but like sort of more friendly to players like her, which probably at the time were a lot of women players who felt. Like yeah or even like men who felt like they were getting made fun of because they they wanted to do more like story and like frivolous quote unquote shit than like figuring out how many sword slashes it takes to like chop the balrog's dick off or whatever right like she that was like one of the things she said they were like are you still role playing and she's like no i don't want to argue over how many 10 foot squares we move a turn anymore like (laughs) that's obviously like a glib answer covering a lot of hurt but like that's what she got sick of. She got sick of just like dudes being like, well, uh, actually uh, the paladin cannot be neutral good because uh, paladins cannot be neutral and like shit like that. Yeah. That's too bad. But I mean, I, yeah, but I still have, I still have fun playing D and D, but for me, yeah. It's like, as I alluded to earlier, it's more of the uh, almost conversational nature of DDD. D and D than it is the like battle aspects. Yeah, like if I want to play a highly technical like battle RPG, that's what I have video games yeah. for now, where you can calculate all that shit down to a T. I'll play Diablo or I'll play like Divinity or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, and especially but, nowadays, right when there is a much more like they didn't have like they had like Pong and shit. Like they had like like yeah. you were a dot on a screen in most of the games they played. Like. The, the all of the options right. weren't there for that, so I get why the crowd more that crowd more gravitated towards. Yeah, but but that's why I like I, I admire for like trying to encourage more of the yes. narrative of D and D at the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. And I think we went into it on the um, the previous D and D episode. Yeah, where you know, like some of the empathic ability that you can develop through collaborating the social aspect of the game and the collaborative aspects of the game and, you know, thinking about immersing yourself in a fantasy reality that requires you to, you know, put yourself in other characters shoes in order to best kind of navigate the, the different situations and the different puzzles that you encounter is a really big 
uh, factor, right? It can be something that's hugely beneficial for people, especially if they have a lot of social anxiety in real life social situations to be able to be more inclusive in letting people use those um, or develop those skills yeah yeah in, in like a and, in like a safe uh, environment where it's fictional it's a it's fantasy totally yeah and the satanic panic like drew on that because it's like yes it's like we're creating this fictional environment where can, people can like you know be someone they're not be good or bad and like yeah so what if you're acting out as a bad character well, yeah and it's like, like okay, you, you wait, rather that must mean you want to be bad in real life if you're being bad in this game or wouldn't yes. you rather your son like chop people in half in a in a game than like do it in real life not that that's like an exact equivalent but like yeah people like, yeah yeah people can act out these impulses in the game in a way and obviously like everyone <laughs> has to feel safe at the table and everything but like if we're okay with that then like that's where it comes out and becomes like a, a nice release valve for like pent-up frustration or just like wanting to be <laughs> something different and not being able to wanting to escape like the fact that you're you're working in an office full of assholes that don't like and just yeah. like lie to you all the fucking time but still want to have sex with you like that's annoying i've been there <laughs> right who would want an escape people hate me but they want to have sex with me it's weird <laughs> i know right tell me about it all the time no i, I mean I, I could but no i West, mean oh, i think that but yeah <laughs> so i'll just own it yeah i think that's i mean that's why that's why I've always had fun playing DD. Is like you can, you can be these people that you wouldn't be every day. Even though I find into a lot of in a lot of situations, I act as I would normally. It's like I always admire the people that could like be totally like I'm just gonna be this like crazy like rogue thief and like I'm gonna be a trickster type. Like yeah. I've always wanted to be those characters. Like I just you like, can I can quite get into that mindset. You can you just need not yeah not. <laughs> But I, yeah, that's great. But... And feed it to a dog. <laughs> that's all it takes. I just need the right module. Come on, <laughs> bring back Silver Princess. Whatever. Uh, if this module had been around when Wes was a kid, he would have been very different. <laughs> so true. yeah, um, that's the story of of the horniest D and D module there ever was. I mean, horniest official D and D module. True. Yeah. You know I don't count unofficial. Yeah. I don't know. Joe, I've seen I, some I would of your like notes. to know if there are any hornier D&D modules. So uh, maybe we'll There's uh, be. to some people. Maybe if you're a, a big D&D fan and you know of a hornier module than uh, Palace of the Silver Princess, an official D&D module, please. None of that third-party <laughs> bullshit. You should make up your yeah. own. Or, I mean... Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's there's hornier ones there's that a people come up with on module. Just let us know because we want to see it. Yeah, send us the links. We're running out of material. <laughs> I mean, spank spank <laughs> bank <laughs> material. Send us, send the more yeah. tentacles, the better. Not Walcott. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Sweet. Uh, well, thanks for another great episode, guys. I thank you. When I made this episode, I was like, "This is going to be a fun one with some crazy shit." <laughs> When you sent me those images, I was like, oh. <laughs> you were like, oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, excuse me. I mean, the three-headed orgers, you you know what gets me going. <laughs> Love, it. Love it. What gets us all going, really? Um, <laughs> who, who of us hasn't thought of, of, a, of, of having sex with a, a three-headed, three-booped giant? Over some soup. I mean, ever yeah. since Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs>
or, or some tentacle <laughs> soup. They're gonna make the soup first. That's, that's yeah, how you I, know the, the the three-headed giant is wife material. That's the seduction process. Exactly. Yeah, the slow yeah, you simmer. Gotta, you gotta get to my the you gotta get to my to my stomach too. You know, <laughs> the, stomach is the, the way to the the the, the sexing. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're running out of steam here. We're gonna yeah. We're gonna... Thank you guys again. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, just a reminder, if you really like the podcast and you like us talking about uh, horny D&D modules, please uh, give us a, a rating and a review on iTunes. Five stars. Say nice things about us. Tell them we talk about horny D&D modules. It helps us get up there. It helps put us out to more listeners. That oh, it helps us get with. up. It helps us get <laughs> Um. You can follow Second Bananas at Two Bananas Pod with the number two on Instagram and uh, Twitter. And I'm at Stop Joe Now. I'm Wes Walcott. You can find me on Twitter at W2Dubs or I'm also on Instagram at Wes Walcott. And I'm Craig and I'm unfindable. <laughs> this is probably a good time right now. It's This is the best this time the best to put social media. Well, so. because Craig's definitely ahead of the game right now. Broken clock is right at least twice a day. Chopping off. We're going to get canceled for talking about chopping off your dick and feeding it to a dog. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, guys. That was great. And uh, please stay tuned for our next episode. Uh, We don't know what it is yet, but it'll be fun. And uh, we'll see you again uh, another episode of Second Bananas. Goodbye. See ya. Bye. Are you a new DM? Are you an experienced DM? Doesn't matter. Listen to DMs of Vancouver for great DMing advice. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.